You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Geeks Pub. We left the table, came back, and sat down, and <laughs> we were 20 minutes into the show. I get a, a phone call from work that I needed to take, yeah. and uh, fortuitous because it f- found out that David wasn't even recording. Well, I was recording. I was just recording nothing. Nothing. Rather than my dulcet tones. Yep. So we're going to talk about two topics that we've already talked about. This ought to You're be You're not fun. supposed to let the cat out of the bag. Ah, they were sitting at the next table. They heard the whole conversation, unfortunately. <laughs> they only heard me. Yeah. 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 So, um, well, I'm going to skip the whole thing about the thing we talked about at the beginning anyways. Okay. So we're going to go right into it. Um, big news this week. Actually, yeah. I think it was last week, but Watchmen yeah, was canceled. Yeah, I don't know how I even missed this. Yeah. Watchmen was canceled. Well, it's not canceled. They're just well, not going to do it true. anymore. Well, that's true. They're just not going to do it anymore. <laughs> it's the, a the, subtle distinction. The, the, well, it is. Cancel implies that uh, the network or the production or whatever decided it's not good enough. It's not making money. Uh, we're not yeah. going to sink any more resources into it. It's done. Yeah. That's not the case here. HBO would love to make another season yeah. of Watchmen. But Damon Lindelof, the showrunner of the show, has said, oh, I've kind of had enough of that. And HBO is smart enough, maybe, uh, to say without him, we don't think the show's worth doing. Yeah. And, and that's a level of bravery that is almost unheard of. The only other place that I, I'm aware of that's done something similar uh, is FX. Uh-huh. They, they've they let showrunners come in, do what they wanted to do, leave, and they didn't continue the show afterwards. Which, let's be honest, these are publicly traded companies. Yeah. You know, their whole point of existence is to make money and to, to take a stand as they are and say, you know what, this is art, this is creativity, and if we don't have the person that made it what it is, we don't think it's going to be as good. We don't want to continue with it. We'd rather put the money yeah. into another project. Doesn't that say something, though, about where we've got to with quality TV now? Because this never used to be the case. No. Yeah? yeah. No, I mean, absolutely. Look look at the original Star Trek series, for example. Yeah? They had, they had different... Gene Roddenberry was kind of the mastermind behind it, but they had different people... Like, but they had Bob Justman for a while running the show, and then the third season, which I think everybody accepts is, you know, the worst season of the original series of Star Trek, was run by um, this wacky guy who basically ruined it and brought a Spock's brain. Right. You know, it, you know, he really lowered the tone of the show because he was just a TV producer hack. He was just like, well, we'll do what we need to do to get it done. He had no... Um, creative love for it it was just the job and and it showed on the screen and, yep. and yet nowadays we have people who are you know linchpins of delivering these things and very often not always because there's been plenty of times where big shows have had change of showrunner from one season to another with variable successes but here we have a situation where somebody's saying well you know this guy is it's his vision it's his world um and we don't think we can hand that to somebody else to have them to try and copy it. So instead, we won't do it anymore. That's, that's or, kind of interesting. Or 
and this happened with this creator at ABC with Lost. Uh, he had an idea for Lost. Um, he had four seasons worth of story. Yeah. The network wanted more. So they had, like, what, three? I, how many seasons was Lost? I think it was seven. Seven, yeah. Six or seven, and, yeah. Yeah, I think it was seven. But regardless, they had to fill two or three seasons with content that they weren't passionate about. And it really suffered. It got oh, really yeah. bad for a while. Yeah. And it's a it's a classic example of taking something that was great and watering it down simply because of profit and money, not the craft of making the show itself, not the creativity. And it, it suffered. And I, I really got to respect HBO here. To say yeah. we're not going to do that. And I think you're 100% right. I think it points to the fact that we are, as I like to call it, the, the platinum age of television. And television's a, it's the medium. It's not the delivery channel. Yeah. Um, it's so different now. You know, we have so many more choices on what we can watch and and, and view and invest our time in. And... It just dawned on me that there isn't one show on American network television that I watch. Not one. I don't watch any HB or sorry, I don't watch any ABC, CBS, or NBC shows. None. Zero. Yeah. I, I was watching I wasn't actually watching it. It was on the television in the kitchen and I was doing something, preparing dinner or something. And Julie was in there too, and I was annoying her with this <laughs> because it was a comedy show. I think uh -huh. it was, um, oh, what's the geeky show? But Big uh, Bang Theory. Big Bang Theory, yeah. And every 10 seconds, the character would say something and a laugh track would hit. Uh -huh. I cannot stand a laugh track. <laughs> it is the worst. It, it It's the worst. I hate yeah. it. It. It completely takes you. It's a it's a play at that point. Are you well? Are you sure it wasn't a live audience? Because it doesn't those, matter. A lot of those shows are recorded in front of an audience. No, because the, the laughs would hit hard and stop immediately. Right. It was totally artificial. It'd be like ha 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 ha. ha, ha. I mean, literally, a character would say something, they would laugh. Right. The next ca character would respond, they would laugh. Mm -hmm. The other character would respond, they would laugh. Well, maybe it was funny. just, yeah. no, it wasn't. That's the thing. I'm sitting there yeah. listening to it, and I'm like, it's mildly humorous at the best, yeah. but at no point would I actually laugh, laugh by hearing that. Yeah. So it's so artificial. It's so bad. The acting well, was just yeah. so terrible. I, I think, yeah, I think the... The problem with the Big Bang Theory in, in particular is that it could well have been a live audience, but I think the problem is that show's been going for so long now that the people who go and see it recorded are huge mega fans of it, and they're not natural because they love everything. You know, they, the guys could come out and just go, Bleh, and they would find it hilariously funny. Um, yeah, it was artificial. Yeah. Because if you really listen, you can, between episode to episodes, and I, 
it, you could hear it. Yeah. There was a show. I'm going to look it up before as I, there was a show that I really liked. Um, I think it's, I think this is it. Uh, yes, it was called, <coughs> uh, excuse me. It was called sports night mm -hmm. and it came out in 1998. This was the show that I might get my timing wrong here. I think it came out before West wing. Um, when did West wing start? Let's see. West wing. Okay. So the West wing started. Yeah. Okay. I've got it right then. So, uh, the creator was Aaron Sorkin. Mm -hmm. Who also created West Wing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, Sports Night was on ABC and it ran for two seasons. And I remember not liking the first season as much and way, way liking the second season a lot more. Mm -hmm. And rewatching it a couple years ago, I found out why. The first season had a laugh track. The yeah. second season did not. And I think Aaron Sorkin realized the laugh track, because they're trying to make a real show here. It's a comedy, yeah. but it was real. And so, if you're trying to uh, yeah. do something real, you cannot have a laugh track. So according to um, according to Wikipedia about Sports Night, uh, is it, it says Sorkin, won Sorkin wanted the humor to be a bit drier and a bit more realistic than the typical sitcom. And so he wanted it without a laugh track, and the ABC network overruled him and put one on. And yeah. that's that's why they got rid. Basically, throughout the season, it got it got quieter and quieter, and then by season two, they abandoned it. Yes, as it should have been. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I realized that at the time. I, I'm going to go on the record here. I'm anti laugh track. I don't think it has a place on television anymore. Sure, it did in the 70s and the 80s and the early 90s, maybe. Well, We're beyond yeah, that now. This is this is part of the problem with historical TV. Is it, it, it had no respect for the audience. Mm -mm. Yeah, American TV in particular. But I, I think this is something that, that some some parts of, Brit of, of British TV, not so much the BBC, but... Um, well, the, the parts of the BBC, but definitely the commercial channels here in the UK often have been guilty of this as well. Which is, if you don't respect the audience, you you treat them like idiots, and um, it, it lowers the quality of your shows as a result. Laugh tracks, the thing that some shows do where they <laughs> replace a character with a whole different actor, um, and nobody even says anything about it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's insulting. Uh, yeah, well, of course it is. Yeah, that's basically like, oh, we, we we can't be bothered to figure out a decent exit for this character. Um, we can't be bothered to build anything around it. So we're just gonna we're just gonna change the actor, and nobody and you know what, people get used to it. Um, they did that on the show Roseanne. Yeah, and they actually did comment on it in the show. Yeah, which I thought was uh, that that's respecting the audience. Exactly. Yeah, that's like saying, yeah, and there's nothing wrong with doing it that way, with a big wink to the audience, a little bit of breaking the fourth wall, um, and you know, so, saying, look, we recognise this is what we've done, but uh, we're going to acknowledge it rather than hope you. It comes across like hope you don't notice. Yes. You know, and uh, of course people notice. How can yeah. you not notice something like that? 
So there's an awful lot of this in, in old TV. There is far less of it nowadays, and that's one of the reasons why we're in this much better age of TV. And you know what? If you'd have told me 15 years ago... I was thinking about this the other day when I was watching TV on my iPad on the train back from work. First of all, if you'd have told me 15 years ago that there would be so much good TV that I wanted to watch on TV that I wouldn't have time to watch it all, I wouldn't have believed you. No, I would agree with you that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just would have gone. 100%. What, what are you talking about? Yeah. The second thing, if you'd have told me that actually most of the TV I watch, I don't watch on TV, or if I do watch on TV, I don't watch it transmitted live, right. I wouldn't have believed you believed that either. You know, it's uh, come that to, I would have believed. Yeah, uh, It's come to the point now that effectively I don't even look at what's on TV anymore. Yeah, oh, I, I, I don't even know what shows come on what night. No, exactly. That is, I it's could tell you. You go to the services, the catch-up services, whatever, and you look through about the stuff that's been on recently, and you watch it. You know what? I'm watching a fantastic set of documentaries at the moment from the BBC about the, the history of the uh, what's called the Troubles in Northern Ireland, the... Uh, you know, the sure. RRA campaign. Yeah. Um, and it's 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 done over about uh, six, seven hours, something like that. It's absolutely fantastic. It's using a lot of historical footage, obviously interviews with people who were there. It's so well done. Now, that is the sort of thing that... Because, and each, each, uh, the, each um, set of episodes is done by a different journalist, so you have kind of two episodes about the very beginnings of the Troubles. There's two about the kind of the Thatchers and everything, and then there's a different journalist who does the final two, which are about the, um, you know, the resolution of the crisis and the establishment of, of a relatively peaceful time we have here. And there's no way I, with my schedule and everything, I could watch this program. In fact, I right. didn't watch it. It was on probably about eight months ago, something like that. And there's no way I could have kept up with it. Now I, it's been on my list, and I thought, this is the week I'm going to start watching it, and uh, I'm enjoying it. And you know, the fact that I get to do that, and I don't have to be in front of a TV to do it as well, yep. is, is uh, you know, is fantastic for me. Absolutely fantastic. So, I, it, we have to talk about this. We're not going to spoil anything because it just started. Yeah. Um, another fantastic show just started, kicked off yesterday as we record Picard. Yeah. Uh, first episode uh, is just brilliant. Yeah. Um, I, I can't, it's hard to talk about it without spoiling anything and we don't want to do that. No. So what I will say is Patrick Stewart had turned down reprising this role many, many times. Um, it's public knowledge that he and most of the cast members were very unhappy with the last movie that was made yeah. of that cast. Um, I don't even remember what the heck the name of that movie was. Um, Star Trek Nemesis. It was the one with Tom Hardy, a very young Tom Hardy in it, playing Picard's clone, Romulan clone. That's right. Yeah. It was bad. Yeah. It had some good ideas in it, but it was really, really poorly executed. Yeah. And the the chap who directed it um, apparently knew nothing about it. Never watched Star Trek before, knew nothing about it. He was a, yeah. a jobbing director, and he just screwed it up, basically. Yep. And he would Patrick Stewart was so disenfranchised after that that he pretty much said he's not going to ever return to that role. Yeah, he publicly said that. Yeah. And the new creators of this series pitched him this idea, and he's on board. And after one just one episode, man, they got it so right. It feels 
like a continuation of The Next Generation, but it doesn't at the same time. Yeah, it's got this very modern twist on it, which is basically... The, 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 uh, the Next Generation in particular was very, very kind of... It was much more... Because Roddenberry was originally involved before he died in setting it up, it was very much more the happy, clappy Star Trek, which is, you know, everything is wonderful, and if we just sit down and think of these, these things and talk to each other, we can solve whatever problems we encounter. Yeah, in um, 44 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, the, even, the, even the, the Enterprise D, was it, it looked and felt like an 80s hotel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My... And, my, my, my... I've My been, big problem yeah. with the next generation always was there was family on board the Enterprise. Well, it's the flagship of the Enterprise, and it's got kids Wait, on it. But that it. was, was kind of that was kind of part of that's that's what I mean about being happy clappy. Yes. I, I've actually stood on that set. They they uh, toured it around Britain a few years ago uh, after the shows had finished, um, but before the movies had finished. In fact, the, when I when I went there, they were showing props from Star Trek Nemesis there. So this is the um, early 2000s. So I've actually stood on the... They, they did this kind of Borg encounter thing. It was pretty cool, actually. So I stood on the, sh- on, on the set of the bridge, on that big kind of arch at the back where Worf used to stand. Yeah, it was where I, where, where I got to see, and they had this whole thing went in front of the view screen and everything. And it is amazing. It was very cool to be there, but it, it, it didn't feel like a spaceship. No, of course not. <laughs> because it didn't look like a spaceship. It looked like a hotel lobby. <laughs> Um, and um, this Picard show is not like that at all no. while, while yet directly calling back to everything that Generation was about well, Picard um, doesn't even go into space in this episode no and, and you know what I love about it as well is it's it's, it's, it's deliberately paced slowly yes it's yeah. very grounded and there's no uh, let you know there's none of the let's make Picard a superhero who, despite his age, is still you know running around shooting up the place and tearing up the place and all of that. You know, emotionally he's still doing that, but they they they're treating it like he is the age he is. Yeah. They well, could... at one point he's running and he has to tell another character to stop because <laughs> he... Stop, he can't keep up. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, and I I love that because they could have so easily have done you know stunt doubles and and cut shots and everything to to not have him be like that or have him be 10 years younger than he actually is. They're not doing that. They're basically saying this is what this man would be like at this age. Uh, and I love that they're doing that because that tells you that they're, they're not only respecting um, the actor, but they're respecting the character and they're recognizing, you know, what, what's interesting about a man who was the most fam- famous captain in the Federation in his twilight years, you know, what, what somebody who achieved so much, what would he, want to do and what would he be sad about what he didn't do and that's what this show is all about obviously there's an underlying plot that is is telegraphed fairly well in the in the first episode but it's an interesting plot it, it's going to go places it's going to call back to older characters um it and and it just it just looks fantastic of course you know as a modern show the special effects are movie quality you know, it's amazing. It, yeah, the it, it, the cinematography is even uh, Leanne watched it with me this morning. Even, even she comes, she said, she said this show looks really good. You know, the yeah. scenes in the vi- he's he's living in his vineyard. It looks amazing. It does. Yeah, and, and of course Picard would retire and go to the vineyard. Yeah. it's the family business. That's that's what he was going to do before he joined Star Trek. Yeah. They they established that his the the rift between him and his brother was all about. John Luke Picard going off to join the Federation to yeah. explore the galaxy instead of the family business. Yeah. 
I thought it was brilliant that at the end of his, well, I don't want to say his life, but in the twilight of his life, he does return to the vineyard. Yeah. I love that. And it was, like you said, it was gorgeous scenery. And yet they put this robotic thing that waters the vines. And it's just in the background. You see it watering the vines. And 100% CGI. And it looked real. Yeah. You know, they're going for that Star Wars. This is the, because that, honestly, up until Deep Space Nine, Star Trek was always shiny and everything was perfect and there was no scratches on anything. And, on, (coughs) excuse me, um, this feels like a lived in world. Yeah. But also, as well, they're not pushing all that in your face. Exactly. Um, it, the CGI is never front and center. No, exactly. And, and you know, he goes to San Francisco in this episode. He goes to Starfleet and all of that. And again, it looks, you know, it looks believable. It, it doesn't, it's not over the top. And even when he, he goes, and there's some great callbacks in this episode to not only characters, but um, things from the original series. A lot of the stuff in the script talks about stuff from the Next Generation series. And, and in a very casual way. Not Happy in a, Picard Day? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I love that. I love so that much. that's there because the thing is, is because I, I commented on that to, to Leanne. The fact it's there doesn't mean anything to anybody who never watched the original series, or even right. if they did, if they weren't a big fan of it. But you know, anybody who knows the original series knows that he was never comfortable with the, with interacting with the children, right. and that he didn't really like Happy Picard Day, and yet he ended up keeping it as one of his mementos. He, he, he kept the he kept that banner. <laughs> I love that. That. That was so classy. Yeah. And you know, the thing is, I would have to go back and look at the original one, but just on the three seconds that you see it there, yeah. it looked like it was the original one. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was great. Um, yeah. and so, um, yeah, recommend I'm, it highly. Oh, yeah. I, I'm dying to see, I don't know how many episodes it is. I think I heard like eight, maybe. Yeah. 12, uh, something like that. And unlike the Watchmen situation, this one's already been commissioned for season two. So Which tells our, me that the, the creators have more ideas. It does. Our only worry at this point is that Patrick Stewart makes it. Because obviously he's not a young man. That, um, though, why would you say that? <laughs> because. You get demerits for that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Slytherin House gets two demerits. <laughs> sorry. The, you know, you've got to be realistic. No, you don't say it out loud. You can... <laughs> You can thank it, but you don't say it. Jeez. It, would that, um, I let, and let's hope that would, if God forbid, that would happen. But that's that would be not, hopefully not another situation when they go. Oh, we'll just replace him with another actor. Oh, that would never. <laughs> that would never happen. Although I have heard that they're trying to recast a young woman to play to reprise the role of Princess Leia. I think that's a huge mistake. Well, Let, yeah. let's move on to one of the things that I did want to talk about. Sure. Um, there's a, I didn't put a link in it. There is a rumor going around that Kevin Feige, or no, yeah, Kevin Feige is interested in taking Kathleen Kennedy's place in Star Wars when his Marvel contract runs out. And I think that would be the very best news. Oh, absolutely. It would suck for Marvel. Yeah. But I think he's done so much at Marvel that it might be time well, soon really, for yeah. someone new to come in and, and give it a, maybe a di- not necessarily a different direction, but you, you got to shake things up. You can't keep it the same forever. And they've been doing it for over a decade at this point. And he's already, set up, he's already set up the next phase. 
Yes, so, exactly. So it's not like you know they would if he were to leave tomorrow or next year or something like that that all of a sudden they'd be bereft and like not know what the hell they're doing. They've already got and the Lucas next five and Marvel are out. both and they're both owned by Disney, so it's not like they can't call him up and he could come over and consult. Yeah, but Star Wars uh, needs help. And well, I say this knowing it, how great the Mandalorian is. Yeah, but well, it needs it needs it Kathleen needs Kennedy to be gone. To be gone, a hundred percent agree. Um, you've seen so many over the last five years, so many creators that they made a lot of fanfares. They're going to come in and they're going to make a Star Wars movie, and then six months later, that person's out now. Yeah, and you see it over and over, and I have to believe. That is not the fault of the creators. I think it's Kathleen Kennedy. I think she's way over her head. Yeah. Um, I, it, you know, I and I don't want to hear anybody saying, "Oh, you're women bashing." No, I'm Kathleen Kennedy bashing. Yeah. Um, she she I, is I, she's, I, she's the she's final word. Right. Yeah, yeah, she's done some things right, but oh, th- let's just look at the movies. the The new trilogy, I think, were as a whole pretty disappointing. Uh, now that it's complete and you can look back on it, I and I said this already, it was a trilogy that simply didn't need to be made. And there was, it, it was clear. There was no clear direction in story or where they wanted to go. Um, it, it was it was bad in that regard. There are some great moments in all three of the movies. And I'm not saying I dislike the movies. But when you compare it to the original trilogy, where there was a clear storyline throughout, it, there this was it was just bad. Yeah. Um, the Han Solo movie completely ill conceived. They picked the wrong actor to play, play Han Solo, and it was another movie that simply did not need to happen. Yeah. We didn't need a Han Solo movie. Um, Rogue One, brilliant. Well, yeah, but Rogue One succeeded despite itself. There was an yes. awful. It was a, it, the film was basically reshot. Um, the uh, the story changed radically all the way through filming. So, well, we saw the first teaser trailer had scenes in it that never even made it into the yeah, movie. Yeah, uh, the, Rogue One was lucky to work out as good as it was because yep. it's it wasn't by brilliant design. And then you come to the Mandalorian, and here Kathleen Kennedy did something smart. She put the guy in charge who kickstarted the whole Marvel universe uh, cinematically, hmm. and the, you you can totally tell that he had complete free reign on to do whatever he wanted to do. Yeah, it's it's clear, and the quality of the shows, each episode, where they bring in a a, a really good director. And the, the casting is great. The stories are great. Um, John Favreau was obviously in charge of the whole thing. And that's another one. If John Favreau leaves The Mandalorian, I want to see The Mandalorian canceled. I don't want anybody else to do that show. Mm. Um, so there's there's her one golden egg. The rest of it has been pretty bad. Uh, am I missing any of the movies? That's all of them, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. So she's done five movies and one TV series. Uh, I know Clone Wars is starting up again for its final season next month. But again, that's Dave Fioni. That is not Kathleen Kennedy. Yeah. Um, she needs to go. And I think Kevin Feige would be, and, I, and the funny thing is I've already said this. Um, I think he would be the ideal choice for the Star Wars universe to come in, 
give it a solid direction. And if he does, I say immediately cancel any plans that they currently have and let him plan everything for the next 10 years. Yeah. We don't need another trilogy. We don't. I it's, People oh. seem to think if it's a Star Wars thing, it has to be some kind of a trilogy. No. You yeah. can have one standalone movie or you can have just two movies. You don't need a trilogy. Well, now, I also don't think you need to have a Marvel Universe thing where it, it is you know, a decade's worth of interlocked movies, even though they're standalone, they all exist in the same universe. Well, that, that's good. That is going to happen unless they choose different points in the star Wars. Well, what's, what's, would star Wars work better as an anthology type of situation? Like we're getting in other places, like we could possibly get Watchmen. Yeah. Or do you think it, or do you think you need a timeline? You need the next 10 movies are all in the same. I said, said with the rise of Skywalker, the part of the problem with the way they depict Star Wars nowadays is this whole galaxy, and they make it feel small. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, use that playground to do some other things. You know, I'd I'd love to see them move away from this timeline completely, and you know, not go, not go back to the to the end of the Republic sort of you know the prequel series, but go way back. You know, Republics existed for a thousand years, so let's go and see what it was like. 500 years ago or let's see what it's like 500 years after these characters that we've yeah they're not going to want to do that because then they, they're worried they might box themselves in with with history with they will do another trilogy at some point i guarantee it oh i know yeah. uh what but really if if they put, and maybe it'll if be put, great yeah if they put feige in charge then what you could do is is let him do two or three standalone movies and then start building the from that material into yes. another trilogy well, that's what he did with with the the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, he ended the that Avengers whole thing with was the trilogy, yeah. wasn't it? So, yeah. Well, it was four, but yeah. It was yeah. That's an Avengers trilogy because they're the the mighty Earth's mighty hero. So their trilogy has four in it. No, that's true. Yeah, because <laughs> they're mighty. Mighty. It's the mightiness that does that. I I, uh, I I'm. Down with him coming into Star Wars. Well, of course, we've just got the latest news about the latest screw up in the Star Wars universe, which is the <laughs> Obi Wan Kenobi series is on hold because they're scrapping all of the scripts. They're starting from scratch because Kathleen Kennedy doesn't like them. Now we haven't seen the scripts; they might be garbage. <laughs> we don't know. I just but, have no confidence in Kathleen Kennedy. Well, he's, I, he's, I, I just wonder when Bob Iger goes into that office and says, okay, you know what? This is the end. Um, and uh, you know what? I within knew, 12 months, yeah. we're, we're making a replacement. I knew something was up with uh, Kenobi because a couple of weeks ago, um, I get all my, I read all my articles through an RSS reader. And so uh, my principal movie and TV show uh, site, Birth Movies Death, um, had a had a show in my birth thing, had, movies death birth movies death. I've yeah. never heard of that. <laughs> uh, I hold on. I've they're, got to look. They're, this up. they're a bit. Uh, they're related to the people behind the uh, Alamo Draft House, so they're a little bit arty farty sometimes. Um, but they're they're a good source of, of information on the industry. So anyway, I saw something pop up in my feed saying that Kenobi has been cancelled, and when yet when I clicked on the article, the article they were linking to wasn't there. And it never came back. And so I thought, oh, here's a rumor that's been debunked. Disproven. Or something like that. But it, it just let me, it gave me an indication that there are, 
there's trouble swirling around that project, and then sure enough, we now find out that in fact it is on hold. Um, and and who knows what will happen with it? Because often what happens when they put scripts on hold, yeah, is they end up yeah, you end up with the old, the old creative differences with the showrunner. If the showrunner goes, then before you know it, uh, the the project's then in hiatus. Then um, other members of the production crew, production team, development team leave, writers leave. Sometimes actors are then aren't available anymore, and before you know it, the whole thing kind of collapses. So this is not a good sign for something that you say we we're looking forward to. I think it will happen, but again, I I hate harping on this. Kathleen Kennedy's got to go. Yep. I don't understand why she's still in that position. I really don't. Yeah, okay, Star Wars has made a lot of money. That's a given, but... <laughs> well, man, look at the look at the difference, right? The 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 figures we've now got the figures for the trilogy, right? Each one of them made less money than the previous one, right? Yeah? Because they're, they're getting worse quality. Yeah, the finale should have been the the big one. And again, to go back to to Marvel, the Marvel and, Universe, yeah, each of the game. Avengers movies made more money. <laughs> right? Even the even the bad one, which was which was kind of messed about with the studio in the middle, made more money, yeah, than the previous ones. Yep. Yeah, the, uh, what's the, um, Age of Ultron? Age of Ultron, yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, kind of had created. It was the weakest of all. The weakest, and it had creative problems on it. But that made more money than the previous one, and so yeah. on and so on. And that shows you, that's what you've got to do. With a, you can't do that with a property like Star Wars? Really? Yeah. You know, after people have waited 20 years for a trilogy, after the previous trilogy was generally accepted to be pretty bad, yeah? It's, well, who who has a bigger fan base, Star Wars or Marvel? Well, at this point, you got to say Marvel, right? Or do you? So, if Star Wars does have a bigger fan base, why are the movies doing so poorly in comparison to what they should be doing? Yeah, I, I don't. That's a hundred percent at the feet of Kathleen Kennedy. Yeah. And now with the Obi Wan fiasco, after they make a big splash, man, they got to get rid of her. She's got to go. I don't understand why she has her job. I really don't. Bob Iger <laughs> needs to step up here and do his job and, and get rid of her. He really does. And, and if Kevin Feige is interested, great. Let's do it now rather do than it, later. Yeah, exactly. Before it's too late, before they tarnish the brand too much. Or put Dave Fioni. I don't know if he's ready to step into the big shoes like that, but I would trust him a thousand percent more than... Kathleen Kennedy any day. I agree. Because he, he has such a passion for these. He really understands characters. He understands and, the universe. And, not and more that. importantly, he understands that what the fans really are craving. Yeah, but he, he's demonstrated an ability to both take characters from the saga and create new characters and create good shows on the back of those. Well, he's, he's proven that he could take something that was pretty dreadful in the movies and making them fantastic. Anakin yeah. Skywalker in the in the prequels was a horrendously bad character yeah he is so good in the clone wars tv series mm -hmm. it's it's almost like it's a different character because yeah. if you're really into the clone wars tv series and then you go watch these prequels oh my god it's so bad yeah and then obi-wan kenobi yeah. is so the best obi-wan kenobi if, the, if if you guys are listening to this and you've never watched the clone wars tv series the best depiction of obi-wan by far, is in that series. Mm -hmm. They give him a depth 
and of uh, a, a fun nature. He's so good, and yet, yeah. you know, I'm not saying Alec Guinness wasn't great. He was in the limited capacity that they used that character. Um, and, and Ewan McGregor is one of the very few shining points in the prequel trilogies, even though he's really bad in Phantom Menace, but everybody is. Yeah, but he but, gets a lot better. Well, in the second I, two. I think I think. A lot of that is down to. I mean, he's a great actor, but there's only so much you can do with the scripts. But that's my point. Scripts and direction, and you know, yeah. unfortunately, in those prequel movies, they had lousy scripts and direction. <coughs> uh, and um, by the know, way, I, I lost my voice for a while this week. I, my voice has been going in and out, and still you, is a little bit. I thought you meant during the show. Yeah, well, um, it's, it's yeah. getting a little crackly right now. And and then going back to what we were talking about before, if you look at Star Wars Rebels that Fioni did as well, that is effectively an anthology show. That's yes. a story about a, a, a smaller part of the galaxy because it's set around one particular sector and one group of rebels who are all new characters. Some of them are based on characters from the sagas, but, you know, within... Within and some of them were brought over from the Clone Wars. The tropes, but, sure. But yeah, but it, it kind of all fits, and it shows how you could do an anthology show without because there's very little in that that, that kind of intermixes with the main saga, right? You know, and yep. I, I've not seen the latest one, um, so I don't know what the latest yeah. one is. Like. But the latest one, Cole kind of, and I are enjoying it, but it's very it's it's a cartoon rather than CGI. Yeah, it did, but it did come across as being a bit more aimed at kids. Than, well, that's than what the they kind of did. And it takes place um, kind of during The Force Awakens. Right. And the last season, which is going to be a little bit shorter, we're about two episodes behind right now, um, takes place in the immediate aftermath of The Force Awakens. Right. Um, it, it's a little bit kitty. Uh, the stories are a little bit simplistic. Uh, the voice acting, some of it's hit or miss. The main character is the most boring part of the series, to be honest with you. Yeah. They keep doing the slapsticky stuff with him, and it, it's it's not appropriate for w- what's really should be going on in the series. But yeah. it is what it is. It, it's designed for a certain audience, and Cole loves it, and he is the audience. He's twelve. Yeah, he is a hundred percent the audience for the show. It's not made for me. It's not made for you. Right, and okay. I'm fine with that. So, um, so I, I, I <laughs> I'm about. I, I never watched the final season of Rebels, which I need to do. But oh, you really do. But, need to do. but then I never watched the Clone Wars, so I think based on that, I will probably go back and watch the Clone Wars before I watched. Um, yeah, the Clone Wars starts off a little weak. The first season, the first episode is really good. It's Yoda and some clone troopers. It's really good. Is, are you talking about because didn't they do a movie as well before the film? Yeah, started? don't even don't watch the movie. Right, okay, it's really bad. Um. It's got some elements that are okay in it, and they establish some of the characters, but it's not needed to watch, and I would suggest you don't. Okay. Uh, but the first season is really trying to figure out what the show is going to be about. It doesn't really kick into how great it is until probably the first quarter of the second season. There's still a few episodes that are hit or miss. They they had like four episodes in a row that focused on droids that was not very good. Um, there was a couple ones with... They had young Jedi kids. That wasn't very good. But the main story, when they follow the main characters, you even get a love interest for Obi-Wan. Um, it's really, really good. It really is. Um, they try to expand a little bit on the whole dynamic of the Force thing. Um, and when you watch Clone Wars, 
uh, especially a, a couple particular episodes, it actually will make you appreciate what they did in the last Star Wars movie and the Sith world and all that. Yeah. Um, it does tie directly into it. But that being said, yeah, I would definitely watch Clone Wars. It is, it is quite honestly, other than two of the movies, it's the best Star Wars out there. Mm-hmm. Once you get past the marionette type of animation they use, which well, I'm I didn't used, I'm like used to at that first. because they did they did the same in Rebels, didn't they? Uh, yeah, but it's a little bit more wooden in uh, in the Clone Wars. It it definitely has more. Well, you know, well, you don't get Disney Plus yet. I was going to say because it's all on Disney Plus. Yeah, that's coming here so much. So, couldn't you uh, VPN into the U.S. and then use a U.S. credit card? Uh, yeah, I guess. well, I don't have a U.S. credit card, but um, I guess I could. But it's coming. Well, you in can March. PayPal. It's coming in March. I can wait. I can wait till this comes yeah. in March. Yeah. And we'll do a whole episode on the Clone Wars when you do. I'll get caught up on some key episodes because it's been quite a few years since I've watched it. Um. So, yeah, I, I think we both agree Kathleen Kennedy uh, should be gone. Yep. And, uh, yeah. Let, let's wrap this up by talking about a movie I watched, and you probably haven't watched it yet, and I'm not going to spoil anything, although it's loosely based on historical events. Uh, Ford versus Ferrari, I watched this movie. So this is, this is known by a different title in the UK, uh, and I, I haven't seen it myself, but I knew I know... A couple of people who have who say it's fantastic. Is, is it called Shitty Cars versus Ferrari over there? <laughs> no, it's yeah. called um, what's it called here? I'm trying to remember now. Either way, yeah. Oh, just, um, just in case. Oh, it's yeah. It's called Le Mans '66 here. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's really good. Yeah. Matt Damon uh, plays uh, Carol Shelby. Who is a was uh, an American car builder, but he would really what he would do is he would take uh, other cars and modify them and then sell those cars, um, one offs if you will. Uh, the Shelby Mustang is a prime example. Um, the guy was a, a brilliant engineer and he was a great race car driver, and the the story revolves around Ford wanting to win Le Mans. And uh, it's really well done. The acting is just fantastic. They got the setting 100% correct. I mean, it feels like the 60s. It really does. Without getting into the hippie stuff and all that. Um, it, it's just, it's well, well done. I I enjoyed every part of it. My favorite parts are them building the car. Yeah. You know, and testing stuff and, and talking it through and... And the politics of Carol Shelby trying to get this done uh, while being contracted to do so with a gigantic bureaucracy that was forward at the time. Um, you know, it, it's it's just so well done. Uh, every single actor, including the kid, is, and the kid kind of felt like, okay, this is the, they got to shoehorn this in somehow. It's not. It's very organic. Yeah. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I definitely recommend it. Uh, I'd, I'd also recommend it on the similar vein. If you like movies about racing, they did a um, they did a movie of the uh, battle, the Formula One battle between Nicky Lauda and James Hunt a few years ago. Um, 
the movie was a few years ago, not the battle. Um, the battle happened in the late seventies, and it was the battle for the European Championship for the sorry the Formula One Championship. I know a lot of American listeners aren't into Formula One, but this is a, just a great movie about racing. Um, has um, Chris Hemsworth as the British driver. Oh, James I Hunt. watched it. Yeah, I didn't enjoy it that much. You didn't? No, I did. I watched it, and when I was done, I was like, yeah, it was okay. Um, Maybe, I, I don't know why I didn't enjoy it that maybe much. It's a, maybe it's a, a European thing because it's about Formula One. No, is. I don't care about that. Uh, racing is racing. Yeah. Um, it, it, I, the story just wasn't all that interesting to me. Yeah? Yeah, I, I couldn't really root for any of the characters. You know, I... I the one guy is so stoic. Well, this is this is the the point. It's the battle of the the British playboy. The flamboyant, yeah, yeah the I British get it. playboy who's got a lot of talent but doesn't really apply himself. But the talent. Well, gets but he's through. kind of an asshole in it yeah, too. Well, he was. That's how he was. <laughs> right, you know? but see, that's that was my point. I I kind of just I I didn't have any connection with any of the characters. Yeah, I guess. And I thought kind of the characters are a little bit deplorable. Well, yeah, I guess it's historical. That's. Um, kind of the way it was um nicky lauda was the austrian um driver who was very methodical very very right very teutonic in his approach and uh, he didn't have the raw talent as the other guy no, but, but he, he just worked very very he did have a yeah. lot of talent he worked very very hard yeah right uh, he had to work twice as hard to be as good as the other guy yeah and I, sh- I wanted to like the movie more. I didn't dislike it. Let me. I don't want you to get the impression I didn't enjoy it. I, I liked watching it. It was a good movie, but it was okay. But it's not nearly as good as Ford versus Ferrari. Okay. Well, I will. I will check out Ford versus Ferrari. The other yep. thing I saw. Re- I did text you about this. The other thing I saw recently that is amazing is nineteen seventeen. Yeah, the, you talked about yeah, that. The World War One. Movie. The technical accomplishment, the way they did that movie in one one take. Well, it, will, yeah, one, it's it's not in one take, but it looks well, it's like a single it's in camera. One take. Yeah, it yeah. looks like it's in one take, um, and it really puts in heart the story. And it pulls, yeah, warning, <laughs> pulls no punches at that movie, but it is great. Yeah, it looks interesting. It'll be one that I'll watch when it comes out on video. Yeah. So let's wrap this up. We're uh, fifteen minutes. Less than we usually are, but you know we recorded twenty minutes before we started. Yeah, um, and that's the thing. It's podcasting. There's no set time we got to hit. Nope. Uh, we'll be back next week with another episode of Tech Fan. So if you're subscribed to Tech Fan, we'll see you next week. If you're only subscribed to Geeks Pub, make sure you check out Tech Fan, our other show. Yeah, we've been doing that for a decade. A decade. It's no longer the new show. This is the new show. This is the new show. Definitely. See you next week, David. See you then. Bye.